Life Audio. Hey there, I'm Heather Creekmore. I'm glad you're listening to the Compared to You podcast today. Today is an intuitive eating coaching call, something I've done every month for a little over a year now with my friends, Aaron Todd and Charlie Castle from the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. And today, Aaron Todd and I break down what is the diet mentality? Why do diets have such a hold on us as a culture? And why should we ditch the diet mentality? I mean, what's wrong with living from diet to diet? So we go to all those places today. It's a great conversation. I'm glad you're here. Hope you get a lot out of it. And hey, if you need extra support, coaching is open. So go to compareto.me, go to the coaching tab, and you'll find out all you need to know. Or you can grab a quick 10-minute call with me to see if coaching's right for you. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. I am here with my friend, Erin Todd, for my monthly intuitive eating coaching call. You might know Erin from the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. Erin, Thanks for coaching me today. Hey, Heather. So what's going on? Well, okay. You know, like we can just be real. You and I talk (laughs) and we've been (laughs) talking a lot lately about just kind of going back to basics, you know, like why I, I think sometimes for you and I, like we've been thinking these new thoughts, like traveling this new direction for so long that it's become our new normal. But a lot of my listeners might be brand new to the show. Maybe like intuitive eating. I've never even heard of that. And diet, like why give up dieting? Like why I shouldn't go on a food plan? Like that is so countercultural to everything we hear around us. And so today I thought maybe we could just kind of go back to the beginning. Like why give up dieting? And I'll I'll admit to you, Erin. So I did a podcast last week. I know you listened to it. um, I wrote a letter to Gwyneth Paltrow and read it on the show. And boy, listening to what she eats in a day, for those of you who haven't seen the clip, it's a clip and it's it's very triggering. Like, I think if you're recovering from an eating disorder, you probably do not want to seek this out. Um, but she eats very little in a day. And my first thought when I heard it was a little bit of envy, right? I, I hate to use that word, but, but that's my eating disorder brain speaking. My eating disorder brain was envious that she could, and I'm going to put quotes around this, that she could quote unquote do it, that she could be successful quote unquote at eating that little every day, right? Like now I know those are unhealthy thoughts, but I have a feeling that 
there's a lot of people maybe listening today who maybe have the same kind of reaction. And yet it's easy to see that and be like, well, that's extreme. Of course, that's extreme. I mean, the amount that she ate every day, I, I, did you, I think you and I might've talked about this or I shared it with you. The, um, she's being called an almond mom. Did you hear this? Did we talk about this? No, no, it's someone else. Okay. So I'd never heard this term before. I think it was the New York post that used it, but they coined her an almond mom. And an almond mom is the woman who eats one almond and is like, oh gosh, I'm so full. I couldn't possibly eat anything else. Right. So that's like the stereotype that they've given her. So even if you didn't listen to her diet plan, you can kind of get a feel for where, where her wellness, quote unquote, wellness plan was at. Like that was the level of food she's eating every day. But, you know, it's easy to write that off as, okay, that's extreme. But what about all these other things? Like, what about all these other plans? These, you know, and, and our culture is moving away from the word diet, right? But these, right. these plans that seem to give us a framework for getting healthier, quote unquote, right? They seem to give us a framework of how they eat in a culture where, and I've heard this said, like we have decision fatigue, right? Like we've got so many choices of what to eat. It's overwhelming. So can I just relieve my decision fatigue and go on a diet and follow the plan? And then I'll know whether or not I'm doing well or not doing well. And I'll just be getting healthier following a diet. So when we talk about intuitive eating as like really step one for intuitive eating is giving up the diet mentality, like that's kind of radical. Right? Absolutely. So why, why should I give up the diet mentality? Why should I give up my food plans? Why is dieting not the healthiest thing for me? I hate to answer a question with a question, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I want to know why you think diets are so great. Hmm. Why are you clinging to them? Yeah. What are they giving you? Yeah. But I also want to say the answer to that question is we're giving up diets. Why should you give them up? Because they don't work. Yeah. They're not leading you to health. They're leading you away from it. And if your goal is to get healthy, you're shooting yourself in the foot here with the diets. You're not losing weight. Not that that's health, but you're not losing weight. It's ineffective for the very thing it claims to do. And it's actually harming you in the process. And I would, you know, to counter the dish decision fatigue statement as it's harming your mental health because it is not freeing your mind of thoughts of food and bodies. It is just filling your mind with those thoughts and making you obsess on them and tie your good or badness for the day to that very thing, which is the opposite of mental health. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so dangerous. And I think when we see people like Gwyneth, um, or just other influencers, quote, doing it, getting it right and achieving, you know, this cultural ideal of what beauty and health is supposed to look like. It is tempting to to reach for that and to go, ooh, I want that. Ooh, that's a good thing. And I think we can acknowledge that health and beauty are good things and not let them take over our lives at the same mm -hmm. time. We can pursue them without it being, this is all I do. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that answered the question or yeah, not, Yeah, yeah, but diets like, don't work. Let's, let's not okay. forget that. Like, let's so let stay me there for a minute. Let me lawyer the lawyer for a minute okay. here. <laughs> um, okay. But I had a friend and she lost like 50 pounds on a really popular diet. And she says it quote unquote works. Now 
well, you know, I mean, I, I know this stuff. So I, I lawyered her a little bit and was like, <laughs> but it didn't stay off. Well, yeah. As soon as I stopped doing the plan, it stopped working. And so this, this, this way of thinking, it's like, as long as you stay on the plan, it continues to work. And once you go off the plan, it doesn't work anymore. And so that's kind of the framework. So how do we say that diets don't work? Like, why do we say that? Because sometimes they do work, right, Erin? Right. The, the research does acknowledge that initial short-term weight loss that happens with diets, like right when you go on a plan, you initially lose some weight. But then what happens is you go off the plan or life happens and all of the weight comes back. That's what the research is pointing to, the fact that the, the weight loss is not long-term. It's not sustainable. You will lose some, but then you will gain back what you lost and two-thirds of people will gain more than they lost. So you're ultimately um, not moving in the right direction. If you are intending to lower, you are actually pushing weight up. And I don't think that that's a problem. Weight going down or up is not necessarily good or bad health. But if you're intending to have X result and thinking it, it works, that you get X for, you know, two weeks, <laughs> that's yeah. not working. Yeah. That's not working. That's like a brief moment of something occurring and then life taking over. Like you, you don't get to call that working when it doesn't stick around. Yeah. Well, why do you think we are so conditioned to believe that without the plan, without the diet and Amy Carlson, and I talked about this a little bit in last week's shows, but like, why do you think we're so conditioned to we're like not free unless we have a plan, right? Like, and then if I have a plan, it's quote unquote working. And then there's like this guilt and shame that comes when you go off the plan because it quote unquote stops working when you go off it. Yeah. Like, why have we been so conditioned to view that as working to view, you know, plan and, and really I'm saying plan, but like really plan also means like paying money for accountability, usually maybe paying money for special foods, sure, right. Or, or, you know, paying money to get <clears throat> weighed or, or whatever, right. It, there's not, it, it's like, we've become these, um, I don't know, dependent, uh, <laughs> there's so many words that are coming to my brain like that. That's not right. That's all right. But it's like these dependent robots in a way, like, okay, you'd have to tell me what to do, you know, without being plugged into this plan. I am, you know, I am not on the right track. Like why, why do we operate like that? I think it's because we are afraid of ourselves. We're afraid of not being in control and we're afraid of uh, what's going to happen if we're not conforming. Hmm. Hmm. Let's dig more into that right after this break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 
800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I think the fear and shame around body size and eating, quote, good things and therefore thus being, quote, good is so strong in the culture. Like that message is so strong that we need to feel safe. We need a plan to feel safe. Yeah. And that's not real safety. It's um, it's conformance. Right, right. So, yeah, that's an interesting concept that we feel safe when we're conforming. Right. And then it's like, well, what are we safe from? Judgment of others, uh, feeling less than our own judgment. Um, All of the, I mean, if we're going to be real honest here, it's not just judgment. Like it's how we treat other people. Mm -hmm. This society, diet culture, treats people poorly that don't look the way society says they should look. Yeah. So it's like nobody wants to expose themselves to that kind of harsh mistreatment to that kind of humiliation and ridicule and judgment and all those terrible things that we pile on, um, shaming of other people. Nobody wants to be shamed. Nobody wants to feel shamed. We're running from that. We are trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to find safety. And the way to do that is to look like everybody else and go with the flow. But the flow is going the wrong way. It's so hard to stick your neck out and do something different. It is just so hard. And in in anything, especially when it comes to something like um, our appearance, which so many of us uh, conflate that with our identity, that it it becomes especially dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I feel that. Like, I totally feel that right now. Like, I feel like it feels like failure not to conform. And that's a really messed up way of thinking. (laughs) But I think a lot of people can probably relate to that, right? Because my definition of success was wearing a certain size or looking like the people, not looking like them, but trying to look more like the people I admired, right? The closer you are to Gwyneth, (laughs) the closer you are to heaven, Right. And then that's what, that's what we're told in this culture. Yeah. yeah. I was watching, I uh, follow the crappy Christian on uh, Instagram. I don't know if you follow her too. No, I like love I, that name. I got to check that yeah, out. <laughs> I was, I was on her show. Um, I don't know. It's probably been a year or so. Um, so I started following her and she did a video uh, the other day and it was um, why she stopped hating her body. And she did this like little funny thing, like where she pretended she was like one of her ancestors from hundreds of years ago. And the ancestor like pops in and she has like her head covered and, you know, kind of tries to, is trying to look like a little old woman from another culture. And she comes in and she's like, yeah, you're going to survive the winter. <laughs> and it's like yeah. the funniest thing to think about how, yeah, like, centuries ago well even really I would say dieting's only been around for like a hundred years um so even not that long ago the measure of a body's worth would have been metrics like 
you're going to survive the winter. <laughs> You've got enough fat on you that if you, you have starvation, if we get locked down and we can't get to the grocery store, you are going to make it <laughs> through that <laughs> yep. season. And yet, like, that's not, that's not our standard, right? Like it's this, uh, this new standard of, of thinness and the person who can restrict the most wins. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, so what is intuitive eating, Erin? Like why is intuitive eating or how is intuitive eating different than following other diet plans? Well, intuitive eating, I think puts itself up as a a non-diet approach. So it's going to be very different from everything you're familiar with. If you've ever done any diets or plans in the past, it's definitely weight neutral, whereas a diet would be weight centered and you know, the goal of a diet would be to achieve a weight result. And the goal of intuitive eating, I would say, would be to listen to and care for your body. And it's not, you know, it's not a free for all. There is actually a framework of 10 principles. So you have some boundaries, some idea of um, some safety net of the principles to let let yourself be guided by these ideas as you basically discover how and why you should listen to your body. It's the principles uh, that teach you how to do that. And it, I would say it's not just intuitive eating. The name makes you think it's only about food, but it's actually bigger than that. You know, there are components, like you mentioned, around mindset, the diet mentality and rejecting that. And there's components for um, caring for yourself, respecting your body and moving it. So it's really just kind of a how to take care of your body <laughs> basics in a framework that like really respects and honors like how our bodies are made and like values that that inner wisdom. So I think as a Christian, I was really drawn to that uh, being like, okay, God made our bodies. This is like a good design. I can trust my body's design and how it functions because I trust God. And not only that, and I'm not just listening to body signals that come from God. I'm not just listening to God-given hunger and fullness signals. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit within me. So I'm listening to two things. Um, so it's, it's a really, I mean, we could talk about it for days and weeks and months, uh, intuitive eating. It's just a bottomless hole of like how to live your life, um, in this diet culture. And, uh, so I can't really sum it up any, any more than a weight neutral non-diet approach with 10 principles yeah. to help you. Well, and I, I think as I've kind of started this journey of intuitive eating, I've recognized even more that when someone tells me, oh, I tried intuitive eating, it didn't work. Mm. What they mean is I tried going off a diet (laughs) and it didn't work. I tried just eating whatever I wanted in between diet plans and that didn't work. And I know now that that's not intuitive eating. I also know my husband will, (laughs) whatever he eats, that seems, that would be labeled culturally as not that healthy. My husband's new line is, see, I'm eating this. I'm intuitively eating. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. We don't really have time to get into what's <laughs> going on with you. But okay, whatever. If that makes you feel good. But but it's not, and I've used this and we've talked about this, I mean, before. Like, it's not rebelling against a diet because rebelling against a diet isn't freedom. 
right? Right. Then you're still kind of changed the diet. You're still kind of secretly listening to those like diet rules and maybe still secretly feeling bad. Like, Oh, I, I should kind of feel bad about eating ice cream, but screw you diet rules. I'm going to eat the ice cream. And then you eat the ice cream. And it's like, Oh, I kind of still feel bad, but Oh no, no, no. I'm not on the diet anymore. So I can, I have freedom. I'm going to have another bowl of ice cream. Right. And it's like, it's not that it's more really just, I think, would you say maybe just kind of even eliminating that whole dialogue around it and be like, it's just food. Yeah, absolutely. It's way more neutral. You don't have all of these value judgments um, coming from the outside. Like it's rebelling, like you're talking about would be a response to external rules or frameworks about how we are to do things and what outcomes we're supposed to achieve in so doing. And this is really the shift from external to internal. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what other people's rules are and what they're doing, because this is about you and your body and how you feel and, you know, what God has called you to do in your body and in this life. Yeah. But how do we get to the point where we trust ourselves around food? Like, I feel like that's a pretty big concern. Um, And, you know, I know that you have a story about some, um, white cake. (laughs) Yeah. There's some in my freezer right now. (laughs) Um, yeah, but like, how do, uh, so how do we trust ourselves around food? Like, I mean, how I, I don't, is it possible to go from, I've been on diets for 30 years to now I'm an intuitive eater. Like what's that look like? Well, you don't, flip a switch or buy a shirt or a book and and listen to one podcast and go click and arrived. Like that's just not how it works. It's um, trust is something that you have to develop and learn here. Mm -hmm. And so it's this big process of unlearning all of the diet stuff you've been drowning in for decades. If you're as old as I am and, um, and relearning this new, approach, this new countercultural weight neutral approach of listening to your body and listening to God and letting that be enough. Mm-hmm. So it it's like cultivating trust in any relationship. Like it takes time. Yeah. You can't just like meet a new friend and immediately trust them, you know, like right. you're, you got to draw that out. You have to develop it. Um, and it, and it comes with time. And it's difficult. And I think a lot of people um, have been conditioned to completely mistrust their bodies and, and like run from any kind of signals that come from within diet culture is very clear that we're not supposed to trust our hunger and we're supposed to try and stuff it down and ignore it and do anything to avoid it. And that we can't be trusted around sinful foods and, you know, mm-hmm. indulgent things like cake in my freezer. <laughs> yeah. So um, you, you really have to get the lived experience of all of that being malarkey mm-hmm. and the rest of it actually being safe. It's just, you just have to get there and there's no way um, to do that, but for discovering it yourself and walking it out yourself and doing it and getting your own lived experience of that. So it can be true for you and not just true because I'm telling you it is. I can tell you it is because I've lived it. I know it's true for me. I know it's true for you, Heather. You're moving um, beautifully along the intuitive eating path, but uh, you got to, some things you got to learn for yourself and you got to learn in the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. We're just thinking about the whole concept of trusting our bodies, right? 
and like you said, like we've been taught not to, but it's like, okay, well, why wouldn't you trust your body? Well, I wouldn't trust my body because I'm afraid my body secretly wants me to weigh hundreds more pounds. And it's like, if you stop just right there, like, is that really what your body wants? Like, is that really what, like, I think those of us who have come from a dieting background, eating disorder background, body image issue background, right? We're kind of black or white thinkers, all or nothing thinkers, right? So it's not a matter of, oh, well, maybe my body will need to gain a little weight because I've been restricting. It's a matter of, oh, no, my body doesn't want to just like get back to a happy, safe place. <laughs> my body wants me to be 700 pounds and sedentary. And it's like, probably not. Yeah, it's probably not. That's the fear talking. Right, right. And yet... I don't know. I feel like, I mean, do you hear that from women? I feel like I hear that from women. Like once I start eating, I will never stop. Yeah. I've definitely heard that before. That's a really common um, fear around food and uh, it, you just have to work through it habitually um, with, with support yeah. and prove yourself wrong. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about your white cake. Yes. What would you like to know? <laughs> How delicious it is! I had Char try it uh -huh. uh, she, when she was in Florida. She tried a slice, so she's uh, she can attest to how um, how delicious this Publix white on white cake is. Um, but for me, it was about habitually like exposing myself to it. I could have it whenever I wanted, however much I wanted. I always made sure I had it in the house so I could have it at any given time, and. What happens when something's not forbidden anymore is you just, you're naturally not going to want it as much. And in the beginning, I was eating it a lot because I could, and I was so excited that that was like available and I was allowing myself. So I was just um, probably overdoing it a little bit. Uh, but that was just like the pendulum swinging. Like I'd been restricting mm -hmm. so far, it was nothing at all. And then it had to just kind of swing all the way to the other side of um, enjoying it to the point of being like, okay, I think, I think I don't want it as much now. Mm. And that's just a journey that is going to look different for everybody. Whatever your food is, maybe it's Doritos, maybe it's pizza, maybe it's ice cream. Uh, you know, it could be anything. And how often you restricted that item and what it was like when you did allow yourself to have it. It's like, it's, it's going to be, uh, personal and nuanced to your relationship with that particular food item. But eventually you get to a place where um, you still enjoy it. I didn't overdo it so much that I don't enjoy it anymore. I still really love it. It's still my number one choice of a sweet food. And it's just not, I mean, it's just there. Like I said, it's in my freezer. I haven't had it yeah. in a while. I'm waiting for the day where I have a craving for it and then I know it's there. And it's, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't have to think about it anymore. It's just mm. there and it's okay. Yeah. So that's, I guess to me that, that comes to a place of like neutral or like peaceful. Yeah. Because like, like you said, the fear is gone. Right. Right. And I feel like so much of our body image and food issues are rooted in fear. hundred percent. Right. Like we're afraid of cookies. <laughs> You know, we're afraid some stranger that we don't even know will think we're fat. You know, like most of the women I talk to, I'm like, okay, so is your husband telling you that he hates your body? No, no, he's happy with me. Okay. 
So who is it that you're so worried about, like having a better body for? Well, it's just everyone. Okay. Well, okay. Let's go. Who is everyone like that? So this faceless crowd you're trying to please, like, how are you going to know that they're pleased? They don't have faces. They can't smile at you and tell you they look great. You look great. Like it's, it's so strange how, how we all do that. There's no judgment in me saying that. Like I, I do it too, but yeah, go ahead. Jump in. I, I think, you know what I'm going to say here? What? Maybe not. Diet culture is spiritual warfare. Yeah. That is an attack. That level of fear, that extreme level of fear that can't be rationed with, that can't look away from the thing it's afraid of, like mm-hmm. that is spiritual warfare. That is an attack. Yeah. That is evil. And the thing with fear is it just kind of traps you in staring at the problem, right? Mm-hmm. right? And we have to rip our eyes away from food and body and fix them on Jesus. Right. Right. It's, it's, you said traps you, it's paralyzing. Fear is paralyzing. And yet, as long as you keep staring at it or keep indulging it, right? Like keep being afraid, you stay paralyzed. And there really is no way you can eat or no like weight you can achieve that will free you from that, right? The fear doesn't go away when you get thinner, when your fear doesn't go away, when you follow your plan perfectly, instead, you just kind of have more fear. Like, uh Oh, if I stop doing this, am I going to gain weight? Uh Oh, if I stop eating this way, like, is everything going to go, you know? And and even as you were talking about the cake, I was thinking, I was going to jump in with this. I was thinking someone is hearing you saying, "Uh Oh, but aren't you afraid you're going to get diabetes? Aren't you afraid of all that sugar? Aren't you afraid of what that sugar is going to do to your immune system? And it's like, okay, yeah, there might be some data out there that's been touted as, as gospel, right? There might be some data out there about some of those things, but the reality is data or no data, we don't get to live in fear. Like we're not called to that. No, like, like we're not called to be afraid of sugar. No. And the other thing I would say to that fear is even if I ate a quote unquote (laughs) perfect, you know, Gwyneth level amount of I nailed the plan. Mm. I am not guaranteed health. Right. I am not in control of that. Right. I'm not able to save myself through perfect eating. Yeah. Doesn't work. It's not possible. I'm not in charge. God is in charge of that. He gives health or he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And nothing I do with my food choices is going to make or break that. It's I have no guarantee of that. And so I can just make good choices that make me uh, feel well and make me available to do the work he's called me to do. And that's, that's as close to health as I'm, I mean, that's that I would say maybe even that's my definition of it. Yeah. I'm caring for myself in a way that allows me to do my kingdom work. Yeah. Well, and also health is, I think eating in a way that gives you mental capacity right? And emotional capacity to do actually what we're here for your kingdom work, but to spell that out even more to love God and love others, right? Because I know I was not very good at loving others when I was on a diet. In fact, maybe just the opposite, right? Like it's, it's so stereotypical, right? But it's like angry mom, she's on a diet again. (laughs) She's angry, right? It's, but it's true. It's really difficult to be all in 
with following your plan rigidly and love others well. I mean, you think anyone can do it? No, I, well, I couldn't. It trapped me in, in a self-centered existence. Yeah. And we we're called to be living God-centered, other-centered lives. (laughs) That's the other level where it's spiritual warfare because it is really prohibiting you from drawing close to the Lord and doing what he wants you to do and just also enjoying life. I mean, hello, nothing about dieting was enjoyable. Not one thing. Not even like the 1.5 seconds of hitting the goal weight and being like, "Uh uh-oh. This didn't do it. Yep. It's a high followed quickly by a low, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, I should feel really great now. Why don't I feel really great now? And why aren't I free? Yeah. Like, why am I still trapped? Why do I still have to count all the things and measure all the things mm-hmm. and track all the things, right? It's not freedom. It's not. Yeah. It's not living. Yeah. And just going back to the spiritual warfare thing. I mean, I just get ticked off by the reality that like the enemy can take so many women out just like through a box of donuts, <laughs> you know, like, like he can like completely render us ineffectual for a day because someone brought a box of donuts to work yeah. and we have this mental, like, Oh, should I have the donut? Should I have the donut? Oh, I said I wasn't gonna have donuts anymore. Oh, I'm going to have a donut. Okay. I had a donut. And then we feel like we're so self-consumed all day over a stupid, I don't know how much are donuts now, dollar <laughs> fifty. Stupid little round piece of cheap dough that we can't love others well for that whole day, maybe longer, right? Like it's, oh, that aspect of it makes me really angry about diet culture, right? And what it's done to us as Christian women, you know, and and why I I think we need to get more serious about rooting it out in the church, right? Because it's not like, Oh, us Christian women, we need to get healthy together for Jesus so we can be good stewards. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't even, it isn't good stewardship. I don't think, do you think it's good stewardship of our bodies? Dieting is not good stewardship. Yeah. Explain that a little. Dieting has a 95% failure rate. So assuming, and we are not agreeing that weight loss is the same thing as healthier, but if that is your goal and that's what you think you need to be doing to steward your health well, dieting is not the choice to get you there. It is going to fail. You are not going to achieve long-term weight loss. So you, you've, you've picked a bad method. There are, if you want to steward your health well, you can't pick a strategy that has a 95% failure rate. If dieting was a drug, it would not be allowed on the market because it has a 95% failure rate. I love the, um, the intuitive eating authors have a segment in the book where they're, they're using an asthma I think it was an inhaler analogy Uh where it's like if your doctor gave you an inhaler that didn't stop your asthma attacks and then actually damaged your lungs, like, would you still like get that medication? It's like, no, this is, it's not doing what it told you it was going to do. And it's actually harming your body in the process. And not to mention how it's harming your mental health, your spiritual health, um, your ability to, to love God, love others and live your life. It's just, um, it is. It is poor management at best and just harm in almost every case. So um, 100% not good stewardship. Yeah, I think we've been told and sold that stewardship matches what diet culture tells us stewardship is. But then thinking, I mean, 
what's behind that, right? Well, it's fear. They're driving us with fear. Right. But then it's also, it's, it's really all about money, right? I mean, this industry gets wealthy off us being afraid and going from diet that fails to diet that fails to diet that fails or going back to the same diet that fails us over and over again every time we go off of it. And they're getting wealthy on that. Yeah. And, and, and telling us though, out of the other side of their mouth that they're really for our health. I mean, I think like, let's just talk about the Weight Watchers thing. Um, Cause I know there's some women listening that have been following that. So Weight Watchers just bought a drug company so they can start administering weight loss drugs. And so they've gone from being the answer to your health issues to wait, what is this now? I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that, Erin? I mean, it's a pretty genius business model. They're setting you up for lifetime customer status. Mm, yeah. They've pathologized body size to get you to think you need the drug. Once you mm -hmm. take the drug, you have to stay on it or mm -hmm. it stops working. Yeah, I read that too. And so you're signed up for life. What a what a steady revenue stream that must yeah. be. Yeah, because people were on to the steady revenue stream of going on Weight Watchers, off Weight Watchers, on Weight Watchers, off Weight Watchers. Um, and now they've kind of had to up the ante a little bit. Yeah. It's outrageous. I can't believe yeah. this is what's happening. <laughs> it's yeah. terrible. It's sad. It's really sad. And and so, and that, you know, to kind of bring us full circle, like that's why I wanted, I wanted us to go here today. I know I've got new listeners that may be thinking like, you know, I don't even know what intuitive eating is. What are these intuitive eating coaching calls? And today's is a little different than normal. Normally we have uh, Charlie Castle with us and you know, she kind of analyzes my eating habits at a different level as, as she does from her standpoint as a, as a non-diet dietitian and exercise physiologist. But today I just wanted to, Aaron and I to have a conversation about why, why. And so if you're a listener today and you're like, yeah, I hear you but I'm just not there yet. Okay. First, I want you to hear it's okay. I've said this many times, like God could not have touched my food until he touched my body image. You know, I've written some things and compared to who, and I like that reveal where I was when I was writing compared to who, I mean, I was still very like one foot in diet culture, one foot in body image freedom. Um, and so it's okay. God, God will be faithful to lead you on your own on your own journey in a time frame that, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to say a time frame that's comfortable for you, but he's, he's going to lead you. But I think our encouragement to you today is there's a better way. I don't know, Aaron, Aaron, how, how, what would your appeal be to the woman who's like, yeah, I hear you, but I would ask that woman to really think about her lived experience with dieting mm -hmm. and to go back to that answering a question with a question from the beginning. It's like, why are you so invested in this? Mm. Why do you think this works for you? Has it ever actually worked for you? Yeah. What was that like? What did it cost you mm. for it to quote work for you? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of ways we can kind of self-reflect and examine our hearts on this. It's like, what is it about the diet that is so appealing to me? And peel all the layers off of that and get down to what do I really care about here? What am I trying to achieve? Yeah. Yeah. What am I trying to achieve? And I love that. What does it cost? 
right? Because many of the coaching clients I talk to, it's like, oh boy, if I could have back all that money and all that time, yeah. wow, I would live differently. You know, all that time I missed with my kids, all that, all that time I could have been doing things for the kingdom, you know, serving in ways that would have made me feel alive instead of tracking and exercising that really just made me feel dead or not good enough yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 You don't, cost? you don't have to stay in the cycle of, yeah. of failure and harm and failure and harm. Like this is not good stewardship. Yeah. And I think we can uh, surrender our health to the Lord and ask him to help us define it, redefine it in terms of the kingdom instead of in terms of diet culture and then lead us forward in that. There's a better way. You don't have to keep running on this never-ending treadmill that gets you nowhere. Yeah, I'm thinking about this. There's a commercial out now, and I think it's just for a vitamin company, but it's like, you only get one body. It's like, yeah, but you only get one life. And if we spend, it's like, I only get one car, right? Like if you, if you get one car and you spend your entire life trying to get the car perfect and keep the car running good and keep the car looking good. It's like, that's a waste of a life focused just on, yeah. on that. And it's kind of the same, like, praise God, we all get like heavenly glorified bodies mm, yeah. someday. And so, yeah, I, I love that encouragement to think about what stewardship really is. It's, it's stewardship of your body, but it's stewardship of your body for the sake of your life not stewardship of your body for the sake of your body being your life. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Thanks, Erin. Well, thank you for listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. And Hey, if this is your first time to think about all this stuff and you need someone to process with, reach out. Uh, there is no need to try to journey this alone, reach out, get help. And Hey, check out the intuitive eating for Christian women podcast. Their first season, Erin and Shar go through every one of the intuitive eating principles. There's a little workbook that you can download. It's pretty, what is it like two bucks or something? Three bucks, five, seven bucks, bucks. <laughs> seven bucks inflation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> it's seven bucks. It's still cheap. I mean, that's what eggs cost now. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you can download the little book and, um, and you can go through this first, uh, the 10 steps uh, or the 10 principles, really not steps, principles of intuitive eating um, with Aaron and Shar leading you on that path. So uh, if this is all new, don't stop your journey here. Get, get some help. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, we will catch you in the next episode. The Compare To Podcast is proud to be part of the Life Audio Network of Podcasts. Check out lifeaudio.com for great Christian podcast content. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.